Round two. <laughs> Round two for the boys. Is that a real bonsai over there? What is that? Probably not, is it? No, it's, oh, it looks plasticky, doesn't it? I mean, there's no natural anything in this place <laughs> right now. <laughs> no sunlight no whatsoever. Fucking dungeon, man, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, being 2.0, back again uh, in London after a brief stint back in Berlin. Um, this is uh, this is the second podcast version. Um, back with my good friend Stav. Hello. Who you would know from the other one, which um, as we talk isn't um, in the world yet, but it will be um, very soon. But yeah, being two point zero. So we had the co- we had a conversation last time with Louise Welby after quite a, w- a weird kind of not weird, but it was like a it's quite an intense afternoon. Mm. I felt like I was talking a lot. <laughs> I was like literally when I, after the day ended, you know, when you sort of sit back and you go, God, I said a lot of things. <laughs> And also some of it was recorded, so that kind of adds to the element of you listen back and go, God, I was talking some shit. <laughs> Just filling in, like, you know, the, the, the spaces where no one's talking. Yeah, it was a bit like, not even that. I think I just, I was, I, I think I was, um, I sounded like I was on, like, I've never done things like Adderall or anything like that. Okay. You know, those yeah. mad pills that all the Americans do. But I, it sounded like I'd taken something. Just what, the energy? Or do you yeah, mean? Just I, like... and just like no concise, no, no no like a structured thought it the ideas like a, were there but yeah there's like a lot of, lot of good one-liners yeah but like an actual concept about what i was talking about at any one time was near non-existent <laughs> and listen back to it i was like yeah i was coming up with some cool stuff and it was actually really difficult yeah. i was actually in the airport briefly um briefly in the airport but like going back to berlin and i was like all right let me sit down and um have a listen to this mm. and i don't think i was having the best day and i was just like i, I couldn't get into it before than 10 <laughs> minutes before my brain went i can't hear this i can't hear this right now but i listened back to it the other day and i was like oh no there's actually there's some really cool stuff in there and we actually touched on quite a wide range of things which mm. is good yeah, but yeah, it yeah. was um yeah there was some there was some there were some dodgy one-liners. For it'd be sure. interesting. It'd be interesting to maybe just record yourself twenty-four-seven and see how often you do that. Because I bet, you know, mm. most of the time, we, you know, we, we we think we're making sense, but probably not really making that much sense no. when, we, when we articulate. But I guess I think when you when we discuss an ideas, you can sort of diverge onto another topic. So you kind of discuss in one thing, one theme, and then yeah, at least another story. And it's like, okay, where was that? What was what was the point before? We, it makes know? you appreciate, though. I think people when you when they do talk, who do have those really concrete mm. formed ideas. And say if you listen to or watch a lecture or listen to a podcast with someone and, and they are speaking so articulately and so concise and well not not maybe not concise but just, yeah just just regimented and, and structured you go God there's there's real skill to that yeah, not just definitely. in not not just in the knowing of the knowledge but the ability to translate it in that way yeah and to be calm and you know, get all the words out in the right way you want to get them out. Because I think mm. some, most of the time when you have a really good idea, you get it out in the worst way possible. Don't yeah, you? exactly. Like, I think it's conveying the messages sometimes because, you know, yeah. you can understand the concept in your mind, but then I think translating it to people or to mm-hmm. the layman, it, that, that's the difficult part. Yeah. But, so, I mean, like the last conversation we had was pretty, um, there wasn't any structure to it, to be fair. And I'm kind of wanting to have that be a bit more of a thing. So I've got a couple of things I would like to talk about. Um, one of the things is I currently live in Berlin. I only just moved there. Used to live in London. You still live in London, mm-hmm. Walthamstow. I won't give out your address. <laughs> there are um, no super fans chasing super me down. Super fans, yeah. <laughs> so you'll be part of that side. Amy's away for two weeks. Is that, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, London currently is going through quite a lot. Um, obviously, there's you know been a, a, a major increase in knife crime in London as of late. Um, well, you know the media's gone frenzied on it, right? They've really, um, yeah. They've really 
the the, the fever pitch of that is is pretty it's pretty intense right now. Yeah, the summer's kind of on top of us. The city feels a bit compact as it does. Tensions are high. Obviously, you you know you used to you know obviously research and obviously working for the police in that way was your kind of former bread and butter. Um, how do you see a from a kind of a layman's perspective, like a man on the streets perspective? Th- uh, position of how things are happening and also your kind of deeper thought in in your kind of professional hat how do you see what's kind of happening in london at the moment um, the thing is the question you've got to ask yourself is, is you know we we always get asked when we release the sort of official police stats um crime's been going up mm-hmm. or you know we see a crime type like violence knife crime and you know the media latch onto us here right you know crime's up 20 percent but you know, the reality is, oh, we're just getting better recording crime. You know, I think mm. historically, we, you know, police forces were under a lot of pressure to, to under-record crime because obviously there's targets, there's targets being set by the Home Office. Right. So, you know, the, the one thing, I remember one of my lecturers at university actually said to me that 95% of crime goes unreported. So, you know, we only probably right. captured 5 or 10% of the right. of crime that, sure. you know, actually gets captured because most people probably commit crimes and we're not talking about this really severe crimes. but. No, sure. You know the petty crimes. You know a yeah. few thefts. You know mm-hmm. violent incidences might you know go reported, or you know if you're in a gang, you get stabbed. Mm-hmm. You don't want to report. You don't want to press charges. It doesn't really get recorded. Yeah. But in terms of what's happening, I think there is some truth in violent crime. So you know, for the f- sort of four years I was working in the police, we did notice that violent crime was going up. It was the only crime type that was actually increasing. So if you mm-hmm. look at general crime, it's actually going down. You right. see an increase in sort of the fraud, the sort of digital crime, which mm-hmm. is where you know you, if you're going to be a serious criminal that's where you want to sort of operate in because it's, you know, more secure. There's less sort of, you know, victimization mm. sort of thing in terms of, good you know, money good money. Yeah. But yeah, violent crime has been increasing. I think we, there is an element that we are living in a more violent society. You know, I think right. people, uh, you know, are getting a bit more aggressive. You, you, you see sort of these young guys who carry knives and, you know, uh, you know, part of gangs. And I just think what's happening now is these guys are just, grown up in this violence and they're seeing it from a very young age so they you know that's all they kind of know mm-hmm. so you know it's kind of you can't really blame them well you can because obviously you don't want people to be going around stabbing each other killing each other because yeah. we're talking about young kids you know yeah. they're not they're not adults mm-hmm. but i just don't think they understand the sort of the consequences of what they're doing you know they'll stab someone but they don't think about the big, bigger picture that's someone's son that's you know going to affect the parents yeah so in terms of back to the point of of, of, of knife crime there has probably been an increase but in terms of again this whole moral panic about you know gangs operating becoming more violent i think it's just another media frenzy sort of thing right. where it's been latched onto and it's been blown a bit out of proportion but at the same time i'm not going to deny that yeah there is you know we are living in more violent times is it a london centric thing or is it i think countrywide you, i think it, yeah i mean there's knife crime everywhere but i think you do see a lot more of it in london i think that's because you know if you Gang, gangs, and just the, the congregation of so many inner city like gangs. Mm. It just is, it's, it's a fest, you know, it's a breeding ground for sure. that sort of violent behaviour. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sort of isolate certain areas, but London would probably be the, the you know the sort of key area we see sort of violent crime. And, and is there anything like you know, I again like because I, I sort of not being here, I feel like even you know I, I try and keep in touch with the news. Mm. Uh, you know, just I think even just as a longing for someone who's like from England. You know, you just miss kind of home, and it's yeah, nice to read some of those things about home. You know what I mean? Obviously, not 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 nice to, to read about knife crime, but in like home events. And um, I feel like the, I I don't see the day to day kind of way it's being written about, but it, yeah. it, it, if from what I have seen, it feels very much like it's um, 
you know, it's like it's it's London. I feel like people aren't talking about knife crime countrywide. It seems like it's something's happening here specifically. And I've lived in I lived in London for five years, I think maybe six mm-hmm. years. Obviously, knife crime was a problem, but I don't specifically remember it feeling like this. Is that? Do you think that's just because it's, it's like a media construction the way it feels, or do you think it actually is something that's happening around us, kind of thing? No, no. I think I think you know. I think because it's also you know we're seeing people dying from knife crime, so you know there is a lot of knife crime and people getting stabbed, but they're not dying. So that's you know again right. that's a, that's a knife crime, but sure. because we've had like that doesn't six, make the papers. Doesn't make the papers, you know. Right. So we've you know knife crime's been happening you know for a long, long time, you know regularly as well in London and Manchester and Birmingham and mm-hmm. you know Nottingham, mm-hmm. but. I think because we've seen a lot, of, you know, the, the sort of attacks are more like lethal, or you know, people, young kids yeah. are getting killed. I think that's what's causing the sort of the media, you know, yeah. attention. Um, but another thing as well, I think, you know, another thing I learned when I was whilst I was, you know, sort of studying for criminology, working with the police, is that you have the the, the group, the age, the age group that's most sort of likely to be victimised mm. from violent crime is the sort of sixteen to twenty-four year old group. Mm-hmm. But then the people that fear violent crime are usually the older generation who don't actually understand what's happening on the street. They don't really go out as often, so they just their view is just from what they're getting from the papers, right, I see. and they build that moral panic. Yeah, so it's yeah, like, yeah. oh my god, violent my son. They don't like, live in that area. Yeah, where these things are happening. Exactly. Yeah. They were like, oh, you back in my day, we used to leave the doors unlocked. You right, know, kids right. didn't carry knives, but <laughs> obviously they don't understand that. You know, for when I was younger, I mean, I was out on the streets, you know, walking through the parks, yeah, arboretums. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you'd see some violent violence and you know some fights and here and there, but. Mm-hmm. I wasn't as scared as maybe my, you know my mum would have been sort of thing. I think yeah. they just they don't because they're not experienced. They don't really understand it and they fear it more. Yeah, I think is, but I, I think it's the thing of like we grew up, like you grew up in Lincoln. I grew up in a small town called Horncastle, out uh, half an hour away from Lincoln or so, twenty miles or so. But it was um, I I I saw some I saw some of that kind of stuff, but it was very very infrequent. I mean, like I say, fighting and stuff like that, like mm. super common. That's just yeah. boys being boys, as they say, you know, growing up and just having a bit of angst and all that kind of stuff. But I don't remember ever growing up and f- being that fearful of things like that happening. And when I do talk to some of my friends who are from London and a bit older than me and grew up in London, they would talk about you know being on the bus and and seeing those things happening, like quite frequently and i think it makes me think um you know i love london it's a great place but it does it, you know those those things just don't sit well with me like the the kind of um the normality of that like say for these people when they're telling me they're going like yeah people will get like tucked in all the time and like you know all this stuff and they say these things yeah. and i'm like mate like that's nuts like you're a, you're a school kid like why you got a knife like why would, what would even make you want to have a knife but ultimately that you're in a situation where you feel you need to to mm. survive right yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess there's nothing that's going to necessarily change that in the short term it's a longer term issue isn't it it's, yeah. it's a it's a it's a poverty issue it's yeah it is, it, I feel it kind of feels like an economic issue right I mean like yeah. you know there's kids who have got loads of money who live in Hertfordshire aren't carrying knives yeah i mean it's not it's never that black and white is it the no, problems no, no. but there's a reason surely why a lad in like i mean what is like warfamstow has, has had it yeah i think one stabbing not far from my house to be fair but, yeah. Um, but yeah and no, i think getting back to this whole thing about london and the inner city crime is that we are living in very unequal times mm-hmm. so put yourself in someone who's obviously had nothing in their life that probably have you know a you know situation where they see in wealth see other people mm. enjoying wealth and you can't have a piece of that yeah. so you know it could fester anger disapproval detachment from you know the sort of you know society in the sense of what's going on what they're achieving mm. and i think also 
you know, as boys, as men, if you go back to our times when we was younger, you know, all that we cared about was, you know, sort of pride, name, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, status. How did you get status when you was younger? You know, you didn't, couldn't have a job, you couldn't get money. So what do you do? You nice to be able. I'm the top boy. I'm the top. You know, I could beat this guy up, and I've stabbed yeah, this guy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not. No, we never sure. did that. But that, that sort of status, you can only achieve it by dominating another mm. person. But as you get older, maybe you can think, okay, well, I can get the status through other means, through sure. you know, work, through careers, through you know, you know, anything I want to yeah. get in myself into. And I think that violence sometimes gets translated into more serious violence. But right. I think yeah, the, the inequality we're living in now, and the fact that the gaps growing, yeah. It just causes that rift between people, and I think people are not as compassionate as they used to be, and they're more, more willing to use excessive violence to, to to get a point across. Yeah, and I mean, do you, is there obviously like I think like two points in my brain? Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think obviously we, you know, there obviously has been an incident not far from where you live. Um, obviously, you're never too far away from anything yeah, in exactly. London, are you? But like, you know, I I don't know what your future plans are, but you know, as a as a as a man. You know, I I think I know would like a family one day. Mm. Do you look at something like this and go, I wouldn't have want to have my kids in London because of something like that, or is it just is that never crossed your mind? Or, well, I think I think yeah, probably hasn't crossed my mind. You know, just yet, just yet. But you know, when we discuss these sort of things, I think it's definitely something to consider when mm-hmm. you thinking about having a family, having a kid, mm. because. Yeah, you know, it's not a nice thing to hear. You know, a fifteen-year-old's been killed or stabbed no, due to no. something ridiculous. You know, some you know because they've said something on social media and it's aggravated them, and everyone's yeah. laughed at them at school. So now you know yeah. they got to retaliate. So they go up to the meet up in the park and they stab you know the, the kid. Mm. So yeah, I think that would definitely have an impact in when you're considering where you want to sort of raise your kids. But I think beyond the crime element, like, there's so many facets to to choosing where you live. And, yeah. Like, yeah, and definitely crime is one one of the things you. It would have an impact on me. So, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that I would completely move out of London because of no. crime. I think you, you want to get crime everywhere. But Yeah, of course. But, yeah, it would definitely be something in my mind if, if I knew. It's funny, it's like, so we had the forum or whatever, all the group guys or whatever. And I remember Will was saying recently when we were talking about this, I think, collectively, and he was just like, yeah, I'm making, like, long-term plans to never have to come back, you know, in his yeah. brain. And obviously he has his own reasons for that, as anyone would. Um, but I think, um, you know, I'm someone who you know i kind of play between the two cities currently and i think you know my plan is always to be back in england like i think that's kind of where i want to spend my most of my life i think definitely is like a base um but i um i definitely look around though and go you know i could see why people would be looking for the escape Roots, because there's not a lot of joy around at the moment. You know, like it's. Yeah. No, I mean, like when, whenever there is there really, if you get if you get sucked into the kind of news cycles and all those things, you invariably get on these kind of loops of just being in the mire. You know, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This, or news is just bad news now. Like you know, good news is a joke story. You know, you don't hear about good Samaritans every day. You hear about the bad stuff. But I think, um, but I do feel like you know, obviously, we've like you know, it's been it's been nearly a year. Has it been a year since Grenfell? I feel like when yeah, did Grenfell happen? Yeah. When was that? It was like Back. May, June, June, yes. July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Summer last year, wasn't it? Years. Yeah. So, the, you know, I really feel like, obviously, there have been a lot of things that happened before then, but I feel like that was kind of a signpost moment. And I yeah. feel like that hasn't been sorted yet. No, no. <laughs> and I feel like that still kind of lingering. You know, I think obviously when, I mean, the government in place obviously, you know, has its issues as it 
conservative governments always will have with the mass populace of people who are the workers, so to speak. And obviously you've had Brexit as well. And I think we, I do sort of think it is, you know, like, well, fuck, there's a royal wedding coming up in there, so maybe that's the joy that we all need. <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, and an FA Cup final that I'm not uh, going to be involved in because... Looking forward to that thing. You boys. Yeah. Who are you playing? We've got Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, we should. We, I think we're favourites. Should win. I'm a United fan, by the way. For your sins. <laughs> yeah. Good. It was a good, not a bad year by all accounts. Yeah. No. I mean, I mean I'm, you need to. We need to win the FA Cup. If we win the FA Cup, Cup second, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think what City have achieved, yeah. they're probably not going to do that again next year. I mean, they'll, Sound, they've set the bar too high. Sounds like you're going to get out of here as well. By the sounds. Yeah. Like. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing in the papers. I mean, he, that'd be a good signing. To be fair, best centre back in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd be sad to see him go. Although it's definitely he's definitely going. Yeah. Sure. I think he's just a bit. You know, he's fed up with with his, not with the situation. But I think he just wants to win. It How was, old is he? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I think it was weird with Alderweireld because it's sort of that thing of um, he went from. Where was the Ajax before? Yeah, yeah. is where we got all those guys. He's <laughs> uh, twenty nine. Okay, so yeah, um, okay. but uh, it was that thing of when he got injured and he was out for a while, and he just came back and everyone was like, "He's actually fit like now, like, and we're just not playing him." And yeah. I think he'd, he'd said some stuff and. Potch, just as soon as someone says something, he's just like, yeah, right, you, it's yeah. like Rose had the same thing. Like, Rose will go as well, because he started playing towards the end of the year, but you could tell it was just like, he'd been pushed yeah. out, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, to be fair, um, yeah, it's it's pretty uns- I'm not sure about Spurs this summer, man. I'm not going to lie to you. It could go either way for us. <laughs> you just need investment. Even Potch came out and said, didn't he? We ain't like, got any money, man. Yeah, just, that's the thing. The stadium. The stadium. <laughs> stadium's killing you guys. stadium was all the money, man. It cost you're a the billion. Ch- you're the new Arsenal, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, no, no, they're they've they've dropped off a lot. They're going to have Arteta as the manager as well. They're not going anywhere fast, just, mate. I just can't see them, like, <laughs> you know, coming back from this. I mean, you know, with with us, with, you know, when we when we lost Fergie, it was a massive blow. But He's we making spent, a speedy recovery. Yeah, which is nice to hear. Yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. No, goes to show if you have money, you get you know get seen to straight away. Apparently, he had an escort, like a police escort, took him all the way to the hospital. Oh, For know. what reason? He's a f- former <laughs> football manager. Like, what's he got? What is his reason? He's just a human... I'm sure there was like a young twenty year old man who's probably yeah. needed the ambulance, but yeah. he got a full escort with the police. That's the thing that's it's, it's crazy. Back, like, looping background. Back to this whole about, thing yeah. of like, inequality. You see that? And it's you crazy. Go, man. What the hell? He's a legend. He's a legend, but he's seventy. What seventy five, seventy six? Yeah, he's on his way out. He's on his way out. And also a man who's not taking care of himself. No, he's renowned for being. He loves his whiskey. Yeah, yeah. He's wild. And like, look at his face. So you sort of look at it and go yeah but yeah obviously I don't want him to die but as you sort of go like yeah, yeah. police seen the best surgeon straight away got to money get gets them, you yeah. money gets you those money extra years of life yeah yeah it's that thing of like you know when you used to like obviously America has the universal healthcare now yeah. I remember when they didn't have it and obviously Obama had that Medicare thing and everyone was talking about it and I remember just being sat there going wait so you don't not everyone has health insurance. Like, literally, I was like, you can't just go into a hospital. Like, so people would just get like fucked up and they'd be like, I don't have health insurance. I'm not going to hospital. Yeah. Like, what? Like, I remember hearing so that when that happened. Like, obviously, I was, we were super young then. So I guess yeah. Obama came in, what, nine years ago? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like 18, we were like 18. 2008, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it 2008? Yeah, it was 2008. So I was, yeah, well, I was 18, yeah. 18. So you yeah. sort of got to look at that. That's crazy to think as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember, I remember hearing that and uh, as a young man and just thinking, like, I thought everyone in, in that kind of yeah. As big a country as that would be able to just go into the hospital. But I guess, you know, look at the NHS, you know, we can all go into the hospital right now, but whether or not we're going to get what we need is a different question. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the NHS is under pressure, but even with the whole Trump visit, when's that? I think it's in July. You know, there's talk oh, yeah. about like one of the things he's, 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 he's sort of looking at to try and 
engage his trade talks with Theresa May. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of trouble with him coming. I think you know yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. don't want him here. No, yeah. You know, including myself, probably. You know, shouldn't get political. You know, but do you, do you do you dislike him that much that you would you feel a way about him coming to this country? I think I've always been indifferent with politics. I think there's, there's a very there's a few things that you know really touch my you know mm-hmm. aggravate me, and I'll probably be very vocal. But I don't. I don't know. I don't think I've ever hated a politician enough to to go out in March. But I don't. I don't. I don't understand when people sort of go like, like yeah, like, like what's it going? Don't want him in yeah. the country. Yeah. It's like I don't understand. Like yeah. uh, I, I can understand you not liking him. Obviously, yeah, that's yeah, you yeah. know that's just people's choices. But I think like him coming is like you know he's the president of America. Like whether you like him or not, he's one of the mo- if not the most important man in the world. One of mm. if you don't have him in, you freeze it out. Like what do you think that's going to do for? things like you can't just if, if you don't like the guy doesn't mean you can just ignore the fact that he exists yeah, like yeah. he is he is that guy exactly but i think when we're getting going back to the whole visit is that mm-hmm. there's talk about him trying to you know look at the nhs because he wants to open up the nhs and privatize it a bit more and let, let other sort of you know the american companies flood, flood in and obviously don't forget the pharmaceutical company america is huge it's mm-hmm. one of the biggest industries people think yeah, yeah. the top paid you know, CEO is a banking. It's not. It's pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, and at the moment, the NHS, the, a lot of these countries, you know, in Europe as well, Germany will offer some sort of free level of, you know, um, healthcare mm-hmm. to, to citizens. They obviously got contracts in place to keep pharmaceuticals or medicine cheap or a bar yeah. capped. So mm-hmm. he's basically, apparently there's talk about him going to use it as a bargaining tool for the trade talks to say, listen, mm-hmm. you need to let us come in and charge more for you guys because mm-hmm. otherwise we're not going to give the trade talks. And it's a shame because we leave in the most civilized, probably, you know, block, which is Europe, mm-hmm. in terms of laws and, you know, in terms of caring for what, environmental reasons and, you know, for the, for the things. And we're trying to be rogue and attach ourselves even to Turkey. What's mm. the what was the Erdogan who's, who had a visit the other day? And, you know, we're apparently we're trading. We, you know, we're talking about trade deals and what are we selling them? Rolls Royce is trying to sell them jets. You know, to, to bomb like Syria. So it's kind of like we are losing our sort of our moral standing. I think obviously, you know, if you look at England's. England, Great Britain's history has always been yeah. shady deals with people. I mean, yes. we're, we're built on trade, you know. So we you know we we know this is how it's done. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's you know you kind of lowering your moral compass a little bit every time we allow yeah. these people to come visit. And I think that, as you said about the whole Trump thing, we don't want them in the country. It's just the image we're sending to people. I think is is we are lowering our moral compass by allowing these people because we're putting trade, in, you know, in front of our sort of our moral standing. Yeah, I mean, well, to be fair, I think I think the whole. Um, you know, I think the thing with England, obviously, is you know the, the kind of the empire thing still lingers, but really, it's it's all it's all washed now, isn't it? Like we're, yeah. we're we're holding on to we're like you know without kind of our buddies yeah. around the globe, we're when you know we're a glorified you know former kind of colony situation. Yeah. So I think it's just you know I, I look around, I look around now, and I think you know really like what that's the thing of it, you know, especially growing up in the north and stuff, and like every you know growing up, we grew up in the nineties when you know everything was like golden and shiny you know it's the Blair years and stuff and everyone had loads of money and the economy was great and everyone's in housing and all this stuff and I was talking to my mum about that and she's like yeah it was fucking amazing <laughs> like, yeah. and then like obviously then it it went down you know and it all these things have to go you know boom and busts and stuff yeah um but then you sort of got the more I go back now the, and turn on you know the best um news show in the world look north um it's it's pretty upsetting. Like, you know, there's a lot of ma- like big redundancies and, you know, a lot of the kind of factory stuff out there, you know, for big companies, not just like, you know, l- like, l- like lower labor jobs. It's like, you know, it's, it's people who've got skilled labor, you know, but they're, they're just the means they don't need to, they can't produce it or like, you know, 
production costs are too high, so it just goes to somewhere else now. And um, I mean, I'm not an economist, and I'm, I'm so glad for that. But I think, um, I think, if, uh, I think, from a very naive man on the street side of things, you sort of go, "It's not surprising we're in the shape rings. Like, what do we have to show for any of the things that you know we seem to hold dear? You know? Yeah, I maybe. Mean, we, yeah, we've always been a service oriented economy, aren't we? I yeah. think you've seen a lot of the sort of countries wanting to shift to that model because obviously mm. yeah what do we produce banking services yeah you know you know services in the sense of like you know you know lawyers and all that sort of solicitors that, that's mm. sort of that's that's what we're renowned for around the mm. world but then obviously like you said the manufacturing side of our economy is you know struggling but to be fair the other day or was it yesterday or today i don't know there's not a call saying how unemployment is you know we've got the you know the highest levels or something of employment at the moment but right. for me I, i'd love to know that the numbers behind it in terms of okay well, how many of them jobs are low paying secure mm-hmm. jobs zero contract zero hours, yeah. so you know you know obviously the, the conservatives jump on and be like well you know yeah. look at us we know we've got people working yeah, yeah. but is it really work you yeah know? i mean america has that currently as well yeah yeah, yeah exactly it's like, that's the thing of like yeah i think their unemployment rate is like four percent or something yeah. really good and it's yeah. like yeah but like let's look at the economy is not it's and not it's just struggling like, it actually, no growth yeah you know it's like you can get people into work but what does that really yeah. mean you know and then and i think you know so I'm good, but on that, on that note. Oh. I'm fever pitching now. I'll curb now because it's bigger. I'm gonna stay down and you lost. I'm gonna stay power that you give up. Gonna play for me day. into coffee because I was working with Billy Costa. I think that was when I really <laughs> free coffee, just like cappuccinos, like macchiato. How many were you on a day? Not, to be fair, my routine when I was working, this is the, from the age Jesus of Christ. 17, I'd get in in the morning. So if I did the morning shift, it'd be a double, as soon as I got the co- coffee calibration, mm-hmm. fresh coffee. Morning open is what, seven? Six, or oh, seven, yeah, so six, seven seven's open, open six, six yeah. I've got to be there, prepare everything, Yeah. get the coffee machine going. So double espresso. So double espresso at six, then I'd do the morning rush, so 11 till about 8.30, so yeah, I was opposite the, the courts so yep. or the you know the, the lawyers would come in get their cappuccinos mm-hmm. so then I'd, that'd be like a mad little rush and then 8 30 i'll have my cappuccino that's more relaxing drink yeah and then i'd probably have one at 12 of my lunch and i sometimes before then if i if i dipped off it's sort of two o'clock then i maybe just take one for the for the road like a quick you know sort of cappuccino again so right. I, I was looking at four coffees and the thing is you forget that when you're having ground coffee the oils or yeah. when you're going ground fresh coffee this the caffeine content is so much higher than that instant or ground yeah. coffee when it's yeah. you know left there mm-hmm. so yeah i mean i got I definitely got addicted to it from that point obviously i didn't really realize when i was that age but yeah since then i think i've just always liked reading i, I like coffee in general i mean to be fair i literally bought listen to this man, i literally bought a hand oh, grinder hand coffee grinder i'm that I'm guy now i'm that, that guy now you fully yeah, you're, yeah you're, i've gone too far you're not the man from lincoln anymore are you? <laughs> but I, I, I people coffee people because i'm i like i love a coffee man yeah i'm not you know it's it's a big it's a necessity but i like you could give me nescafe gold and i wouldn't bat an eye like all these like london coffee places right that make all these fancy coffees i go in there 
I don't like the taste. I can understand that it's better because it just must be like the way you've made it. I'm not going to deny it. I've watched how long it took you to make it. Yeah. You obviously care about the beans, where they come from. I get it. But I taste it and I go, it's coffee. It's coffee. Yeah. Like I, I, and, and literally you give me Nescafe instant coffee with hot boiling water and I'll be just as happy. Like I, I maybe I'm just, sometimes my friend Kit always talks about this thing of like having a bit of like, not I don't know if that the phrase, but a bit of respect for yourself in a way of like give yourself some finer things because you you know you deserve them yeah. things and like so like travel or whatever you do is like you know just travel a bit better like yeah. or you know like you know you know just it's nice to be looked after yeah look I mean, after yourself yeah, yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, more yeah, and I'm yeah. someone who doesn't look after myself very well yeah. in the sen- in the broad sense not in the sense of like um you know eating and stuff like or, or drink I mean like probably drink too much but I think that's probably my only vice yeah. like I don't really do much drugs like I used to I still do it on occasion obviously you know have a laugh yeah. I'm a vegetarian so I sort of have that part of my life which is not so bad so I do eat a lot of good food and stuff but coffee mate you can give me your best coffee. You can do your hand grinding shit that you do now. But I literally, you give me a, you know, when you get them bulk tubs of Honestly, Nescafe gold with the little like huge that do like a peel off gold industrial. Thing. Literally, that should last a human being a very long time. It's not even coffee. It's like- not even coffee. No, and that's the thing. But that's it. Is it? Maybe it's because I had such bad coffee to start off with that now I just don't know what good coffee is anymore. Yeah, you, you, I think no. I, I agree with you to a point. I think it's like anything. You have bad coffee or a bad of something, and mm. then it, uh, something better than that. Yeah. The gap's massive. But then them margins I'm talking about, I grind my own coffee instead of yeah. getting it, you know, ground from the shop. Yeah. The margins are so small. Yeah. Like you've been, but you been, can tell the difference. Maybe because I've, I've got my, my taste buds of kind of, and I drink coffee, I don't really drink it with milk and sugar, so I can no, taste I don't pure that. coffee. I don't do milk and sugar. So I'm not a connoisseur, but the sense, sense of like, yeah, I do taste the difference if it is not made. You know, well, I'm not saying way. I'm having like an espresso from Nescafe. <laughs> I'm not that guy. I don't know if that's even possible. That'd be a thing. I don't even know how you do it. If you like, you know, like them coffee machines, like obviously you do, you know, the like yeah. grind, grind beans into yeah. a thing, into a machine with a thing. If I did that with Nescafe Instant, what would happen? It's too, it's too coarse. Too coarse, it's just nothing. It just, it just, the water just, just goes straight, just go straight through it. That's the thing. Uh, at, at, the, at, the, at the office in Berlin, we have a, a very good coffee machine. Yeah. Does that make you drink more though? No, because I'm quite aware. Oh, right, okay. I'm sort of someone that, I'm, I'm either like, I'll go in and like, yeah blitz two like and just go right i'm setting the pace because yeah. i need it or it's like a one morning one and afternoon and usually in the afternoon it's like an espresso or something. yeah just espresso is such an older person thing though i'm not saying we're like 27 but 19 year old me would never have had an espresso yeah yeah it's such a such a harsh drink it is it is because it, it's not an enjoyable it's not i mean the mac to be fair it's my new macchiato is when you have a bit of milk yeah just a bit of foamy milk on top, top. that's yeah. a nice one because just the, the milk just compliments the espresso yeah. I don't like espresso I'll be honest with you macchiato is my sort of short drink I actually do like an espresso yeah but I think it's a very like it's a specific thing yeah so it serves a purpose you're not there because oh I love the creamy no. taste it's just literally a shot of like energy. also yeah it's too, sh- too short of a drink for me to enjoy yeah, yeah. it's like a shot of tequila it's like yeah. for me it's like that's not an enjoyable it might get the job done but yeah. it's not an enjoyable experience no, no, like I don't sit there like you know just sipping on it you know my dad my dad used to drink espressos and I used to just be like that's mental <laughs> and now I look back on it now and go like look, yeah. we're all just everywhere we're just following the same path exactly but um, but no it, it, like you say I remember the first summer of working out of uni when I, that was when I first started drinking coffee because you don't have to drink coffee until you start a proper job do you yeah exactly you know, don't need it you, know, what, <laughs> you just got boundless energy and <laughs> yeah. you don't do anything at the time yeah. um, and I remember it was the summertime came around and I stopped drinking coffee because it was so hot 
and I was just like, oh, I can't, I can't be doing with this. Like, you know what I mean? So I just jacked it in, and I had two weeks of migraines, mm. and I literally was, or maybe not migraines, maybe just strong headaches. But I would just, um, I just couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I was just like, what, what is going, going on? on? Like, yeah. I've never had this in my life. Like, I never get headaches. Why is this happening to me all of a sudden? And yeah, after two weeks, someone was like, have you changed anything? And I was like, oh, and I was like, oh no, well, I have to stop drinking coffee. And like, there you go. You're addicted to caffeine. Yeah. Like, your brain is yeah. just like begging you it? to give like, it. Yeah. And that was that's when you re- and like you said today, like you you missed your. The second one. You missed your second one. coffee and yeah. it messed your I had whole to have day. it at seven o'clock. And I mean, I'm feeling all right now, but I don't think caffeine does anything to me. Like, could I, like before, you know, we, I was mentioning macchiato. It, like, now when I go for for a meal with, like, with Amy, I, I'll literally, yeah. she'll get a dessert and I'll get a macchiato. And I, this could be like 10 30. I'm going to go home, like, you know, I might relax. I've right, right, had right. a few wines. It's not, it's not, what are you not staying up? You're not staying up until three in the morning. And I, you know, yeah. so. You know, I know for a fact that caffeine doesn't have a massive impact on me because I can have that. And then the, the well, you're, 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 I'm, sure, I'm sure your levels are too high now. Yeah, right? that's it. It's like a drug, isn't it? I mean, you know, you take it too often, and you're gonna get used to it. And you need the high dosage, or you know. I've but then uh, that feeling of um, it's something I really don't like. That feeling though, when you're jacked from coffee, yeah, and you maybe have a bit anxious. too many too early, and you're just like, oh my god, I'm literally, I'm like, I'm yeah. like rocking. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you actually on usually quite a good productive level because you're really on it but you, as soon as you start tapering off you just go oh my god I feel terrible like yeah. what's going on your body just like, ugh, like getting the shakes oh man yeah I've never I don't get many shakes thankfully to be fair the only, the only time I've ever got really sort of like anxious and I, I initially I didn't know what it was because I was mm. like I, I was like why am I feeling so anxious my day was Ketamine. fine <laughs> maybe but um, <laughs> maybe but <laughs> But no, it was definitely because I had like an espresso, two espressos in the space of like, you know, two hours. And I think that's, that's what, intense, but yeah. I did, yeah, I just didn't know, you know, you at the time I was too bad. young. I didn't know what's going on. You're working in a coffee shop. You're like, exactly. fuck yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Just give me this free coffee. Anything that's free, just go crazy over that's it. so funny, isn't it? It's, like it's such an attitude, like, isn't yeah, it? Why do people terrible. do that? It's like, it's free. You're just going to eat more, I'd drink more. Use the shit out of it. Yeah. yeah. I but I guess in that that's the way like because coffee is just kind of whatever I guess like if you like work at McDonald's you probably don't eat more McDonald's no no everyone's you know when you're growing you up think and you're about like, oh working at McDonald's would be amazing but I don't know anyone who worked at McDonald's no. who really ate loads of it actually Dom Gale might Dom Gale Dom Gale used, used to make them crazy the ones yeah he used to like you'd go around do the driving when he was there and that and yeah, he'd sort yeah, you out yeah. but did yeah I mean you never did that for me because they were in Newark, <laughs> Newark. Bit, bit of a long drive for you to get to just Newark. to get McDonald's yeah <laughs> I remember growing up in Horncastle because obviously we didn't have anything like McDonald's. I remember that at one point they were going to put a McDonald's on the Lincoln Road going out of it and people were like, it was a, it, the town was split down the middle. It was literally all the young people were like, yeah. yes, Loving like it. McDonald's, game changer, like let's do that. And all the older folks were like, 100% no, we don't want like big corporation kind of things moving in. And it never happened. Wow. And I remember growing up and I was just like, wow, thinking back on that now, they just... The, the town just decided that they didn't want yeah, it. That's not fair, though, is it really? What well, do you mean it's not fair? If the town. It's it, fair at that point. I mean, like, I feel like there's enough McDonald's in the world. Just got a fucking. But to be fair, because Lincoln was the closest, or like Skegness or Boston, like take your pick. But say like my mum would go shopping in Lincoln, right. and like she'd like call because no one had it wasn't even before mobile phones, but she'd call the house and say to Damon if it, like say Damon had gone with us. Yeah. Do you like do you want McDonald's for tea? You'd be like, yeah, 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 get us like a Big Mac and fries and that. And she'd be like, all right, cool. That's a 45-minute drive. <laughs> and I, the amount of times I saw those products getting put into a microwave. Oh, I'm thinking, those chips, man, I swear to God. Because so, those chips are joyous. Yeah. Give it too long and try and put them back into a shape and they just turn into something. I, it makes you wonder, it's, I mean, you know. It's the realisation. I think when you, if, you, if you're having a McDonald's and it's been standing for 10 minutes, that's when you think, okay... <laughs> What am I eating? So you have to have it warm. There's no other way. I think people say, oh yeah, I can reheat it. No. If you're having a McDonald's and it's 
gone the cold. Spry specifically. The spry, they just go soggy. Like, I don't even know what they are anymore. Like, you know, but it's making me wonder, like, what's ha- what is that like that sweet spot moment? Like, what's yeah. keeping them in in check for that long? What because it's uh, there is a moment where it's fully like it's like peak oil. It's like yeah. you know they hit poof, like it's all all the way down. It's yeah, just yeah, soggy yeah. mush of yeah. a thing. But uh, for but me, real yeah. chips don't happen. Like if you buy chips from a chip shop, yeah. They keep the talk. They'll keep for a bit. Like they were like obviously invariably things aren't as good, but you could have like cold chips like half an hour later and they've still got some shape to them. Yeah, it's true. And they're not like completely fucked. But I don't think. I don't know why why has McDonald's had such I mean, like you said, I think even when I was in Vietnam I was mm. seeing Will. And I said to Will, like, you know, you know, have you got any McDonald's? He's like, Yeah, the first one opened up in, in yeah. Hanoi yeah. and people were losing their shit, like, you know, <laughs> queuing up, drive through, <laughs> hangout spot, like, yeah, you know, yeah. it was just like this, it, McDonald's just has this thing of this and this, like, mm. I don't know, man, just this gravitas to for, for young people just to flock to it, you know. I watched the video, there was like a, <laughs> it was like, um, I think it was in like the 70s or 80s or something, and it was like, McDonald's, the new trend or whatever, and it was like a news report, and they were talking about them making it. But you even just watching the way like McDonald's was back then, it was still very like a open operation. Like you could see the people like bagging the burgers, yeah, and yeah. it was a bit more kind of you know okay. the way you imagine like burger spots to be. And now yeah. you know, so because obviously in recent times McDonald's gone like you know it's like kind of like completely kind of till the situation where yeah, it's all industrial. It's a machine, isn't it? And you sort of go in there and you go, God, this is so horrible. Like, the way it feels is rubbish, mm. but you just can't deny that it, like, does the job for a very cheap it is. cost. Like, yeah. we went to McDonald's the other week. We actually did, and we had the same conversation. And, um, and that was amazing. Yeah, I enjoyed I, it. I, I, I would happily eat one now, but I just, like, I'm just like, it's not... <laughs> I'm going to probably eat one. Like, Are you actually going to? I probably am, you know. <laughs> Your girlfriend's gone away, now you're living off McDonald's and and fancy coffees. <laughs> Literally had salmon last night, and now it's just going to be... Salmon last night, yeah, all right. <laughs> Mac bought, bought the bean grinder, but I still wasn't doing McDonald's. Where's the line drawn, man? Surely you're a man of quality. Like, yeah. Surely you would be like, let me get gourmet burger. There's only so much of that. You need sourdough. Everything, that's, everything that tastes good is bad for you in this, in this world, so, you know. <laughs> Can you lend me your phone? Won't charge Saw that it got announced. Get it up, get it up, get it up. Right. Just tail it off. Go through each player and just you know. Go for each player. And just assess. England. Why well, just go on football? One football. Yeah. Speaking of which, three nil now. Uh, three Atletico. nil. Let's go. Eight. Gabby in the 89th minute. Is it, it's the final, isn't it? Final. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. Um, I can't see Griezmann staying there. I feel like he's too God, good. No. He's too good, man. He, he... Southgate sticks to his guns as squad. It's hard to argue with. Alright. So reel it off so for the listeners. Oh God, I've just seen the two names that are part of the headline. <laughs> so. That's going to be in the recording, is it? I might have to cut it there. That's, that'll be a cut. I'll just let that happen. 
So, um, 19-year-old heading to Russia despite no caps at senior level. What the hell is going on? <laughs> what? <laughs> so, what's that? The, the Liverpool guy, yeah? The yeah, Alexander, Alexander Arnold. Arnold. So, Alexander Arnold's in 19. Yeah. 19, no caps. Right, so what is he? Le- he's a left back. Right, yeah. Yeah. So, no Danny Rose? Or? I think Danny Rose is going there. So, so Danny, Danny Rose, Rose, him. Trippier. Trippier, Walker. Yeah. Jones. I don't know how he's gotten into the squad. I feel like he's been he's missed a few games. He's been he's been all right when he's come back though. He's been a few, you know, had a few injuries. Is, I'll tell you one thing though, as a, as, an, as a good point. I love I listen to the Guardian football podcast oh, quite a lot. It's good as a um, podcast. And but I will say the one thing about the Guardian's articles like that, I just want to know who's yeah, in the thing. Yeah, the, They just don't give it you. No. They're like you have to I, read the whole article. I, I have to go to those like generic. Like I have to go to BBC Sport or whatever. Yeah. They'll literally just give me a list. Right. Okay. Cool. So I'm just going to BBC. It just showed me a picture of them, and I'm just like, right, that's what <laughs> I needed. Like that's diagram. all I was. Asking asking for i love you i love the guardian but yeah. it literally just makes it makes life so much harder yeah. so yeah alexander arnold danny rose young yeah he deserves to be there come on yeah no yeah i feel like he's been consistent deli alley yeah yeah rashford rashi without a doubt pickford back up it was going to be number one well, he's probably actually is the number one isn't he? It's with him and Butland, Butland, isn't it? Yeah. Got, who else? Is what's the third? Is there a third goalkeeper? There is a Pope. Pope, that's it. I don't know who's Pope. I don't even know who he is. That's probably that's a good bad name. Me, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Gary Cahill. Yeah. I mean, still though, he's not had a good year. I think Jones. Shout out to Delph. Delph's changed Delph. his life. He like you would never oh. have saw that coming two years ago, would you? <laughs> Literally. Loftus Cheek. I'm not happy about that. No. Vardy. I guess you have to kind of like we said. Butland. Yeah. Stones. Again, yeah, he hasn't really featured that much. Maguire, has he? Maguire, what Leicester boy, isn't he? Yeah, Dyer, Henderson, Kane, Walker, Trippier, Sterling, Lingard, and Welbeck. He's he's gone for a very young team. I think he's basically saying to people, you know, we're going to go out there, we're going to give these guys a chance. If we do all right, we do all right. And it also it doesn't put pressure on Southgate and the team. So I think he's, I can see why he's oh, done no, it. Oh, that's complete horseshit. He's like, you're an England manager. No matter how, <laughs> we haven't done anything all my entire life or even two of my lifetimes, but the pressure's on. No yeah, doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. The thing is, I feel like... If, if, we, if we go out in the group stage, yeah, he's not, uh, what, what are you going to say he, then? You're not going to be like, oh, no. I picked a young team, like, give me a break. It's yeah. like, no. no Reason, well, actually, though, you say that, who's he left out? What, Wilshire? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think Wilshire would get on a merit. No, no, no. Um, There's not many senior players that aren't yeah. aren't getting that chances anymore. Like that's true. It's not the eras of like you know Rooney or Lampard or Gerrard and stuff. Like you know, like the senior guys now are like Walker and Henderson and people like that. Like, like yeah. they are the older dudes in the team. Like true. it's just a young thing. Yeah. I mean, um, odds. The, the bookmakers. Pop- <laughs> I just saw popular bets in the corner. Arteta to Arsenal. <laughs> England at eighteen to one. Who are favourites? Brazil. Yeah, I think I th- twenty three to five. Wow. Great odds. Then it's Germany five to one. Yeah. Spain thirteen to two. France seven to one. Argentina uh, eleven to one. A lot of people, uh, you know, going on the hipster Belgium hype. Yeah, I think. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I thought, Belgium are the, the next one down. Yeah, I think I think Belgium got a strong team. I think. They don't if you put look, it if you together, look, though, do they? That's the thing. You look at them on paper, you think, wow, De Bruyne, Lukaku, Hazard, Alderville, you know, as in all these guys, and you think, you know what? They've got a solid Lukaku team. But then, well. yeah, Lukaku up top. You, and then you think, how are you not delivering? Who's, who's their manager? Isn't it, um, what's the Wigan, the old um, Wigan manager? What is he called? Um, the old Wigan manager. He's the manager Wigan? of Belgium. Roberto Martinez. Martinez, yeah, Martinez. He was Everton, wasn't he? Oh, Everton. He? Before Everton, wasn't he a Wigan? Was he Wigan? 
I'm sure. I love this. This is just like no facts podcast. <laughs> that's the one it thing. It was, we... yeah. It was, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Swansea, Wigan, Everton, then Belgium. Yeah, what a career that's yeah, been. Yeah, Bloody hell. I mean, I feel like the World Cup, though, I'm excited this year for doing it in another city because I think I'm actually going to be able to watch some World Cup football in a place where the people think they might win it. I've never li- I've never been somewhere. I've been in England all my life, where basically, you know, you all get a bit excited, and then after the s- about one and a half games in, you realise we're completely never going to go anywhere, if that. Whereas, like in Germany, they're all going, yeah, we we want to win. Like we we should we should we could win. Yeah. It's a weird feeling to me. That's, like that's I'm not used to that say, mentality yeah. in yeah. my life. I'm like literally like when those games go on, people will be going like, yeah. Guarantee win. I don't think there's a one guarantee. Like, who's in our group? I don't think, like, literally, I don't think any of those games are probably even a guarantee, and we've probably got some trash in our group. Yeah, I think everyone. Belgium's obviously the, 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 the favourites, and not, you know, in terms of finishing top of the group. Then yeah. we've got, who else we've got? Is it Tunisia or something? I love the fact we? that the first game, blockbuster. Which one's that one? It's a blockbuster of a game. <laughs> Everyone's going to be tuned in on Thursday, the 14th of June, on ITV. Oh, nice. For Russia versus Saudi Arabia. Ooh. <laughs> the first game, it's always the shit because it's the hosts, isn't it? Yeah. The hosts versus someone and it's always rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the next day you've got Portugal, Spain to, to, That's to, a big one. to, to enjoy. And then the day after that you've got France, Australia, Argentina, Iceland, Peru, Denmark, Croatia, So England don't play till quite a lot into it, to be fair. I think our times as well are quite decent. I think it's what, R- five? Russia's. It's only like two hours, maybe. One hour, two hours. Uh, yeah, I think I Cyprus is about two. I think it's it's yeah, it's two hours ahead. Two hours ahead, yeah. So yeah, so it'll be pretty pretty normal. Yeah, right? I think I think we like when I was looking at, it, I think it was you know evening sort of game, so we should be right. England, Panama. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! Like, got to win that, man. Got to win that. <sighs> Shout out to Panama, man. Yeah. How Panama? Go? I don't I don't think I've ever seen Panama in a World Cup. Didn't they extend it to to more countries yeah, this more year? That's, this that's year, why you're getting these hipster like you know nobodies. <laughs> these are they're not, not a hipster team. Like, yeah, you always just say Belgium because it was a bit left field, wouldn't it? Like on FIFA, you'd be yeah. like, oh, you don't want to be that guy. Napoli though. used to be the, the Napoli hipster. was the that big was hipster team on FIFA. Ultimate, they were the only. They just had the top three, wasn't it? Levesi, Hamzik, and Cavani on FIFA, like, whipping down. them balls in. Shut down. I was like, yeah. Have they got any of those players left? Nah, they finished nah, nah. Uh, second this year. The yeah, they did all right this year. Who's their manager? I think he's he's done a good job. Napoli, yeah, because it was. We got like Juve just win it all the time. Yeah, the, the yeah. manager's um, Maurizio Sari. That's it. Sorry, there's Aunt Chelsea trying to get him. He's smoking a fag in his uh, Google. <laughs> his Italian man. Italian guys love the love the um, cigarettes. Luis Enrique's hopes of landing in uh, Chelsea job given boost. Is he that good though? Sahari <sighs> holds something. I'm not going to finish that article. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I feel like the World Cup. I'm excited. I feel like you know that can get that can get the nation spirits right. Yeah. I mean the FA Cup. I mean you know that only that's two specific teams. But you got the Royal Wedding on the same day, right? Which is this Saturday. Yeah, correct. Which you won't hear this by that time. It'll probably be next week, but still. Um, I'm glad I'm here when that's happening. I'm not a royalist, but you know, Just I feed was, off the energy. I remember I was in a, a a horrible flat in Greenford when I first moved to London for university when Will and Kate got married. I watched it on the telly and I had like no mates because I'd just moved to London. <laughs> it was a horrible day in my life. I literally I was just watching it like I'm depressed. <laughs> uh, so now I'm just going to be like, look, life's come a long way since the next royal wedding. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, there's a, there's someone who's like, you know, not part of the kind of royal bloodline involved as well. So that's nice to see. There'll probably be probably be some surprises along the way I don't know it would just be boring wouldn't it? I'm not going to watch it who's going to watch the Royal nah. Wedding it is on telly though it's isn't it it's TV, like a proper yeah. national event people people, no, people will like you know oh, be, people will lo- the, love it hundreds of thousands of people yeah, will go yeah. out there to, to line the streets and that yeah 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 
but then no one will go out and you know help the people that really need it yep let's not guess not let's not start that conversation now. yeah that's the if I'm you start say. there then we'll be on yeah. But, but yeah so this is uh being 2.0 stav thank you for sitting in with us again no it's been a pleasure I'm, in, I'm starting oh, to get hell in oh. this thing. Yeah, we're going to do this regularly, yeah, I think. I'm it's going to be this. like every time I come in town. Like, I mean, we've got the means to the end. Why yeah. not do it? Um, I put out the first one with Kwame, which is on the YouTube and that. You just search being 2.0 and my name. And then this one is obviously in podcast form. But yeah, so um, much love to everyone and to Stav for sitting in with us. And uh, until next time, this is being 2.0. Peace. <laughs> Peace.